Here he is. We've got Peter Mullen in the studio. Welcome, Peter. Good afternoon. Yeah, it is afternoon. It just goes so quickly. And it really is quite nice outside too, out of the sun. And 24 degrees tomorrow. I know. That's amazing, isn't it? it we is haven't amazing. had a day like that for a while. Yeah, I say. <laughs> now, we're talking about something uh, today, and I was joking about it before. I was quite cryptic. We do it all the time. If we don't do enough of it, then people around us certainly impact, as do we. And we don't think about it much, but... It's something that's just so essential in our lives. Well, it's probably, like a lot of people believe that it's actually more important than diet and exercise when Gosh. we come to our health. And, and I'm one of those that tends to agree. We're talking about, well, actually, we won't tell you. We'll tell you in just a minute. Peter, we had a bit of a tease. We said it's something we take for granted, but if we don't get enough of it, then people suffer all around us, including ourselves. And of course, we're talking about... Sleep. Yeah. Good quality sleep, not just getting to bed early enough, but be, not just getting to sleep, but being able to stay to sleep and get into the nice deep cycles where the, the brain goes through all its restoration, the body really heals and detoxes and does all the things it needs to do. So we really need to shut down for that and eight that's, hours. That's what we're going to look at today. You know, what happens when we sleep, um, factors that can affect our sleep, getting better sleep as Absolutely. well. Absolutely. It is health and well-being, and welcome to the show, Glenn. You're from Charlestown, and you've got a question for Peter about sleep. Yep, sure have, Sarah. All right, fire away. Hello, Glenn. Hey, Peter, how are you going? Good, thank you. Uh, yeah, look, mate, in relation to sleep, I, 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 don't, I haven't had a decent night's sleep for probably five years. I normally, I've tried... Well, I tried the alcohol and then realised that didn't work. Um, then I've tried going... My idea of going to bed early is probably about midnight. Oh, um, oh well, I'm a country boy, so... Um, <laughs> <laughs> and um, so I've tried going to bed early, which I call 11 o'clock. And I've tried to go... And most times I might go to bed about between midnight and 1 in the morning. Yes. But inver- invariably I can nearly set my clock that I'll wake up at about 3 o'clock in the morning just can't sleep and not laying there is hopeless so I get up and watch have a cup of tea or watch a telly for about an hour then I go back and get another two hours and I'm normally awake by half past six. Now I've tried I'm completely against sleeping tablets but I have tried them and I must say I'm not impressed. They make me feel a bit queasy next morning, if that makes sense. Yeah, definitely. Um, definitely. And I've pretty well given I've got used to two hours of sleep, then wait for an hour, then going back and having maybe another two or three but I would like. I would love to get a decent night's sleep. I go to bed at say midnight and sleep till six. Any ideas? Yeah, look, look, a whole host of ideas, and we're going to be talking about that on this segment. But just with with sleep, sleep very much is about routine. And I know what you're saying about staying up late. Like, oftentimes people that sort of have fast nervous systems or run off a lot of adrenaline and nervous energy and always busy doing stuff often will stay up late of a night time because the house is quiet and they've got the place to themselves, etc. But you know the old-fashioned... Well, well, sorry, Peter, keep, keep in mind that, that I'm, I live on my own and I'm always fairly busy, especially up at Murrunda where I come from on the farm. Gotcha. So I, I, don't, I don't sit around and have naps during the day or anything like that. I'm, I'm always busy. So you're really yeah. physical um, and still not getting a lot of sleep. That's absolutely, terrible. yeah. And, and there's no way I can go to bed. Like some people go to bed at 9 o'clock. Oh, man, that's... Well, you know... You know um, <laughs> What, what you really have to work out, two things that will really make a big difference yep. is getting onto some really good quality magnesium during the day. Oh, yeah, as in tablets. Uh, tablets or powder, and it just helps yeah. to balance the nervous system out. But the ideal time to be asleep by, unfortunately, is about 930 
That's now, too early. No. some people are night owls like yourself, so we yep. can push that back a little bit, but your brain doesn't actually register that you're relaxing, getting ready to go to sleep until you're horizontal. Yeah, so even yeah. if you can go to bed at 10.30 and be lying in bed nice and warm, being to the toilet, and even if you're in bed and watching TV or reading, your brain will, your nervous system has to slow down enough that your brain then can produce melatonin. And melatonin is yeah. a natural chemical that helps you get into those deep cycles because to me, you're getting to bed too late, and you know that, and you're not getting into those deep cycles where all the healing and restoration is, occurs. So, Well, I'm, I'm sort of programmed. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Midnight. Have you um the other thing that you could try and to speak to your doctor about is trying some melatonin. Is yeah, it, I've, I've got I've written that down. I heard that on your program somewhere along yeah. the line. I've written that down yep. somewhere. I know the word you mean, yeah. Yeah, so I would do that. I would get onto a really good quality magnesium and um I would also Sorry, Peter, I take it melatonin is something that comes on script. Uh, melatonin is at the moment yeah apparently it's going to be off script soon but um yeah you need to get that one through your doctor so peter can glenn change his patterns absolutely but it's very difficult to do because the body gets stuck in that routine yeah and i'm not a person sorry that could go to bed if i went to bed at 10 i'd I'd be awake wide awake at three in the morning if you if you Try the melatonin, though, because it may well help you get into those sleep cycles. So, Peter, it's not true that some people um, just need more sleep than others. So Glenn might be a five, six-hour tops person. No, no, because from what Glenn's saying, he's not getting into the the deep cycles where we want to get into that non-REM sleep where we're really restoring and repairing and, you know, flushing away chemicals in our brain that can cause Alzheimer's and dementia. Um, Glenn's bit stuck in a pattern where his nervous system is too turned on. Yeah. Because the brain can't produce melatonin unless the cortisol and the stress hormone levels come down. Right. So, so Glenn, it's about breaking that. And it's then... breaking that routine and trying to work slowly, trying to get into bed, trying to be asleep before 12 o'clock for starters. Yeah. And then maybe 11.30 and slowly bring it back down. Sounds like my husband where he's just not sleeping. He sits up and then he might go, because of his back, he says lying down for too long just, you know, kills him. Kills so him. He'll, yeah. he'll go to bed really late and then sleep for a couple of hours and wake up again. And I, I just think I couldn't do that. I'd be a mess. Like I'd yeah, be a nightmare. Absolutely. absolutely. Like sleep's one of those things. Like if you think about it, and um, Glenn, if you listen to the rest of the program, we're going to come back with a lot of tips and ideas. But if you're still struggling, I'd go and see someone, see a naturopath or someone that can help you because there'll be other stuff that you can do as well. All right. Good luck with it, Glenn. Now, let's talk about what happens when we sleep. Now, we know that there's two main types of sleep. Well, look, even before we go there, this is how important sleep is. If you think about it, and I think I've said this on the show before, if you live for, say, we should sleep, the, the research suggests we should sleep for a minimum of eight hours a night, sometimes nine for some people. Wow. And if you think about every other animal in nature, they all sleep a lot. Yeah. You know, dogs sleep all day and all night. <laughs> yes. But um, we do really need a lot of sleep. And if you think about eight hours is a third of the day, that's if you live for 90 years, that means you need you will be asleep for 30 years of your life. God, that's a long time when and, you really break it down like that. <laughs> well, for most of us, that just sounds like such a terrible waste of time. It does, yes. And what I would say to Glenn and people listening is if, you, if you're struggling with sleep, you kind of need to change your attitude to it a bit. I 
used to be a, a, a stay up late person. And when you're younger, you can stay up till 12 and still get up and go to the gym. I know. Can't do that now. Can't do that now as we're getting older. So I've, I've changed my view of sleep. I love going to bed. I love going to sleep, going to bed early. So I'll get into bed at like 9 o'clock or even 8.30 and I will watch TV or, or read for a little while. I know people say don't watch TV in bed, but because your brain doesn't relax until you're horizontal, you just have to get into bed and then slowly your brain will, your nervous system will relax. You'll start to produce melatonin. You'll start to snag that sleep cycle. Does that, that sort of make sense? Yeah, it but does. But you've got it, you've got it. We, we all need to love sleep. Well, I guess it then gives us the it. quality of life. I mean, you know, sleep is going to give you better quality when you are awake. You're not going to be cranky, as cranky or tired or fatigued, all of those things. Well, two, two different cycles or two different types of sleep. So we've got non-REM sleep and then we've got REM sleep. So non-REM sleep um, helps the body to wind down, allowing for deeper sleep so we can feel better rested. There's stev- several stages of non-REM sleep that get deeper as each stage progresses. And it's responsible for helping the body to physically heal, repair, regenerate tissues, process stress, solve problems, consolidate memories, and also boost the immune system. So I think I mentioned on this show about a, a, a study done. We could talk so much about sleep. Yeah, yeah. So yes. this study, um, they took the same person, good night's sleep, measured the level of their natural um, killer cells, circulating killer cells the next day, and they were at a certain level. They took the same person that night, deprived them to six hours sleep. Yep. Their white blood cell count was 50% what it was the day before. Wow. So their circulating immune defense had dropped by 50% by two hours less sleep. So it's just so, so important. So is, is it REM that is the deeper sleep then, the rapid eye it's movement the non, phase? Non-REM. Non-REM, so when we okay. Get to, when we move into REM, this is the stage when the brain activity increases. Um but our body goes into a temporary state of paralysis where only our eyes and the muscles used for breathing move. So it's sort of it's you still feel like you're semi awake, but you can't can't, can't move. Can't move. Hence those nightmares where you can't move or scream. Yeah, yeah, that's REM sleep. So REM sleep is critical to our cognitive functioning. During this time, we experience vivid dreams. REM sleep affects our mood, memory, and ability to learn. And during this stage, we can improve both our memory recall and our capacity to learn new skills. So we need, when we sleep, we need to cycle in and out of non-REM, back up to REM, back down into non-REM, back up into... So we need to, that's why I was saying before with Glenn, we need to start this before midnight because those hours before midnight, I think you were saying about that's when you get into your deepest sleep. Yeah, about 11 o'clock. If I'm woken at 11, it's really hard. As opposed to 2 or 3, I'm like, Glenn, I wake every night. I'm quite alert at that time. But 11 o'clock, oh, man. Well, definitely, definitely. So Glenn's missing that first decent cycle and often the deepest cycle of our sleep can be in those early earlier cycles. Peter, we've been looking at sleep. Now, some of the factors that may contribute to a poor night's sleep, there's quite a few of them. Look, there is, and, and people don't always realise, I guess most people do, but some people might not realise that they're not actually getting good quality sleep. So a sleep, any sort of sleep disturbance, whether that's a racing mind, you know, people having trouble getting to sleep because mm. their mind won't switch off, even 
patients will say that, you know, they're not particularly stressed about anything, but they're thinking about the dog's going to go to the vet, the dog's going to get worming tablets, the yeah. kids have to go next week to, like, it's just those thoughts. You do the checklist keep... at night. And, yeah. And it's funny because you don't think you're stressed until you lie in bed and then all of a sudden you start worrying about these things that you've all got these to do. Things so... And you think, why on earth am I even thinking about these mm. things at this time of night? Yep. Um, restless legs. Um, a snoring partner. There's so many things. And sleep loss is actually a major predictor of a lot of health conditions. You know, things from, um, but not limited to things like cancer, Alzheimer's disease, heart disease, like depression and suicide. Like there's huge links with sleep disturbance. Um, And the World Health Organization classified night shift. I hate to say that for all our shift workers, but night shift, night shift work as a probable carcinogen. Mm, I, I feel for people for that cancer. do shift work yeah, because it's awful trying to, you know, be awake when you're meant to be asleep and vice versa. Yeah, yeah, and that that brings up to the first point. So the some of the major factors that can affect our sleep is sunlight. Um, the amount of natural light we're exposed to has a significant effect on our circadian rhythm and the ability of our body to produce our sleeping hormone melatonin. And how often, and we need melatonin to signal to our body when it's time to sleep. Um, and it does this by lowering our alertness and reducing our core temperature. So melatonin really is the hormone that puts us to sleep, so to speak. Um, but you imagine in winter particularly, like even ourselves, up in the morning, often you know, dark on our way to work, we're not getting home till later, we're under artificial lighting all day, we might be able to see out the window, but we're not getting that direct sunlight. sunlight. Yeah. Uh, caffeine. Both the amount and timing of caffeine can affect sleep for a lot of people. When should we stop drinking caffeine during the oh, day? Look, I would say before 10 a.m. Whoa, that early? <laughs> yeah. yeah, caffeine has a half-life of between five to nine hours in some people. So if you have a cup of coffee, at least six hours later, you might still have half that amount of caffeine in your bloodstream. Okay. So if you've had a couple of coffees and a tea, a couple of teas in the afternoon, you could be going to bed still with the equivalent of one cup of caffeine in your bloodstream. Sure. And it caffeine definitely um, turns up your adrenaline and your cortisol. And again, if those hormones are up, then your melatonin won't happen. And I say this to a lot of um, young mums and parents that have kids that have trouble sleeping, is bring all their night nighttime routines earlier. You know, when kids get home at nine o'clock after sport and everything else. It takes anyone a couple of hours to settle down when you've just walked in the door. So, oh, it does. Those after-school activities sometimes, or everything needs to be brought back earlier. You know, baths at five o'clock yeah. in winter, yep. ready for dinner at six, so they can start winding down. But if everything's pushed till seven or eight, you've got Buckley's of getting your kids. You're getting in bed. to bed too late, all of you. Too bad. Too yeah, bed too late. Um, an interesting one, and I had this the other day. Certain medications can impact sleep when you take them. You know, some some medications will rev you up. Some medications will actually help with your sleep. Um, but changing them around, talking with your doctor about it. Um, some antidepressants actually can decrease REM sleep. So sometimes taking those antidepressants in the morning might mean that you sleep better. But they're things to talk with your doctor about for sure. Alcohol, I think Glenn mentioned alcohol. When we're younger... It seems like a couple of drinks in your sleep better. Yeah, that's sort of when a misconception, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. when we're older. <clears throat> one of the reasons is that, um, <clears throat> pardon me, alcohol can can um, disrupt our ability to fall into a deep 
sleep as well. Okay. But um, I, one of the things we sort of think of from a naturopathic point of view is our liver's detoxing between one and three. So a couple of drinks now of a night time, if you wake up between one and three, it can be because of the alcohol. Yeah, yep. Um, stress, persistent and chronic stress can lead to insomnia. The ability to regulate the stress hormone cortisol becomes impaired, leads to that constant fight or flight response. Um, cigarette smoking um, and unfortunately sedation sleeping pills and other sedatives do not always promote restful sleep and they don't always induce the restorative effects of deep sleep so sometimes they may not be the best thing unless they're absolutely essential as well so okay now peter we're, we're running out of time today um but just quickly can you give us a couple of tips of what we can do for for better sleep yeah absolutely so routine is probably number one and we don't have a sleep bank so if you miss sleep you don't you can't catch up you know we think i'll oh, sleep in on the weekend yeah so that's you not can't the case. catch up no what you lose what you don't get you don't get Rough. um reduce caffeine and have it earlier in the day the day uh go outside natural sunlight exposure is the key to improving our circadian rhythm um you know ideally in the morning go for a walk go get up with the sun if you can you know, and get that sunlight without sunnies first thing in the morning yeah, really helps okay. to stimulate all those circadian hormones. Um, overnight time, bring the whole nighttime routine earlier. Turn lights off or lights down. You know, get into bed, get warm, get cosy, read a book, like wind down. Give yourself actual time to wind down. Yeah. Rather than yeah. think you're busy. Don't go busy. at 100 miles an hour and then right bed. Yeah. That's just and then because all those stress hormones, it's like you've had five cups of coffee and now you're expecting your melatonin to sort of kick in. Um, diet really makes a big difference. Like try not to come home late and then have a big meal and all that food sitting in your gut. Like that's going to affect your sleep pattern. And um, set the bedtime scene. Make your bedroom a tranquil environment. You know, have it nice. Yeah. Have it dark. Yeah. Have it cool if you can, which is not a problem at the moment. That's right. Um, but, yeah, make bedroom a place where you can go, where it's peaceful. And you can, you know, do things like, I'll often listen to a meditation before I go to sleep yeah. and I may fall asleep doing that, but it's still better off to get that benefit than, than not. So, All right, some really good points and I know it's such a huge topic. We may bring it back we may um, well another bring it week, back. but that that is it. We are out of time. Peter Mullen, thank you for coming in. Yeah, thank you so much. Always a pleasure. Nice to be able to have you back in the studio and, of course, you will be back next week as well. Yeah, and now that tomorrow's what's going to be 24 degrees, I'm yeah. happy about that. How nice is that? We can all get just a little bit of sun, a which is healthy nice. healthy sun. Absolutely. Thanks for listening to this podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle. Topics range from gardening to health, well-being, pet care and travel. You'll find them all at 2NURFM.com. <laughs>